Amen. Thanks for 212K, man. You have great taste. Check out what's going on in Midas Touch. 24-7 in Diamond Watch updates. That's what I am all about. Tree Step for Prez on social media. I need more TikTok. Give me a thousand TikTok followers so I can go live. Okay, it looks like they're live right now on YouTube. YouTube. Uh, yes, of course, I've hit the thumbs up. Slow mode is on. Send a message every one minute. Subscribers only mode. Okay. Why is that on slow mode? Why isn't it playing? Is it not? What's going on, man? Trista. What are you doing? Oh, that hasn't started yet. Uh -huh. Nah. New details on traitorous plot by wife of right wing uh, Ginny Thomas. That must be Ginny. Right wing justice 47 minutes ago. I also followed. I follow everything that Midas Touch posts. I cover. So. If you're a Midas Touch, Midas Mighty, follow me. And also I cover all the other parts of the Midas Touch network. Glenn Kirshner, because justice, justice, justice matters. Justice, 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 it really does. Politics go, and politics go, politics go. We like politics, politics. Politics go. Generals around the country are not sitting idly by to go after the fake electors. And now Ginny Thomas, the wife of Clarence Thomas, the head of multiple conservative yeah, right wing MAGA she's think tanks, hasn't been roped those that in. support a Federalist Society approach the Supreme Court, do business in front of her husband's court. Yeah. She's in hot water again because now the Michigan Attorney General, Dana Nessel, who I reported on in an earlier hot week uh, last week, is going after 16 fake electors. And by extension, if we can likely see Ginny Thomas being given a hard look by the... Oh, shit. My Trista. Um. By the Michigan Attorney General the Arizona Attorney General, Chris Mays, and other Attorney Generals of the other five battleground states because of her role wearing the Ginny Thomas wife of a Supreme Court Justice hat in trying to influence the outcome of the election, interfere with the election results, steal the election for Donald Trump and deliver it to him on a silver platter with forged and phony fake elector certificates. She wasn't the architect of the plan, but she was a big-time supporter. Ginny Thomas of John Eastman, the lawyer, crackpot constitutional law, uh, scholar that devised, along with Peter Navarro, the fake elector scheme implemented by Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, and others like Ginny Thomas. So let's back up and talk about the Michigan fake elector attorney general indictment, the Arizona attorney general investigation, and where Ginny Thomas sits in the middle of both of those Venn diagrams of prosecutions. Michigan first, as I reported earlier in the week, 16 fake electors, including some of the most senior, senior 
a GOP Republican leadership executives and operatives in Michigan have been indicted because they all got together in a basement, not making this stuff up, and secretly, uh, because they made it secret with some sort of pinky swear pact, got in a room, signed the certificate, and then tried to submit it or submitted it to the National Archives, and then, as part of the fake elector scheme led by Donald Trump and his on-the-ground operatives, bring it to Mike Pence as the President of the Senate, have him recognize that and the other seven battleground states' fake electoral certificates to to throw the election uh, and steal it from Joe Biden to give it to Donald Trump. That was the plan. See how well this plan so went because I'm doing a hot take about what it fuck, about people being indicted as a result. Plan. They those people got into that basement. Those 16 fake electors they included, two of them with links back <laughs> link backs to Jenny Thomas, Kathy Burden. Kathy Burden is on the Republican National Committee as a committee person. She's also very close to Rhoda McDaniel's, the head of the RNC and the and the niece of um, Mitt Romney. And you also have in there um, one last person, Michonne uh, Maddock. Michonne Maddock is the former co-chair of the Republican Party in Michigan. She's also a fake elector, and both of them link back to Jenny Thomas. We know what Jenny Thomas did. Probably the best example of it is in Arizona. She wrote to 29 elected officials and election officials in Arizona some directly in email, some through an online platform called Free Roots, and basically threatened these elect- election officials to say that the election was stolen from Donald Trump, that they, as a, as a part of the legislator, uh, uh, legislative branch in that state, in Arizona, for instance, had the right to choose electors, even if the popular vote was against them, and that they needed to stay strong and ensure a clean slate of electors. And we'll put up on the screen on the hot take one just such email that she sent. That's Ginny Thomas. At one point back when she testified to the Jan 6 committee last year, last summer, we only thought she made contact with two people in Arizona. Turned out we were off by 27. She contacted 29 people in positions of power in Arizona. And she did the same thing in Michigan, and she did the same thing in all the other battleground states. So these attorney generals who are properly flexing their muscle to try to find a way to thread the needle, or as I like to say, put a camel through the eye of a needle, to avoid um, running headlong into Jack Smith's federal prosecution, but give them a lane that they can stay in, color color within that line, and go after their uh, residents in their particular state, primarily about the fake elector scandal, as Jack Smith tries to, in an elastic way, wrap federal criminal law and conspiracy law around all of the battleground states of the use of fake electors by Donald Trump, which he will, while still giving oxygen and breathing room to each individual Attorney General, like Dana Nessel, Attorney General Nessel, Attorney General Mays in Arizona. But the heart of this hot take, the hottest part, is Ginny Thomas's involvement. The Jan 6 committee gave her a pass. She came in, she, she gave uh, testimony not under oath, it was never revealed. We didn't see the video clips during the hearing. She did come in for three or four hours. Donald Trump put out a social media post that said, she's a great American, love Ginny Thomas. Thank you for, you know, whatever. Thank you for your service. Um, but she did not testify under oath in the way that all the other witnesses did. Jack Smith hasn't yet brought her in. 
je suis Jérôme Moutel, cofondateur de l'entreprise du Jack Smith hasn't yet brought her in. But if I'm a betting man, and I am, the people that are going to bring her in into justice and to investigate them are, attorney, are attorneys general just like Chris Mays in Arizona and Dana Nessel in Michigan, because it all ties perfectly into their fake elector investigation and indictment. And even though the indictment is already out, for instance, in Michigan, it doesn't mean the investigation is over. Or as attorney generals like to, attorneys general like to say, the investigation is ongoing. And it is. Because you can always supersede or amend or come up with a new set of indictments to bring in somebody like Jenny Thomas. So Jenny Thomas, you can expect there's going to be a knock on your door by a state investigator who's going to ask you from one of these battleground states to sit down and give sworn testimony And if they have more than that, uh, then we're talking about either an immunity deal or prosecution. This is incredible. I mean, I say it with like a flat, uh, a f flat delivery. We're talking about a, 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 a associate justice of the Supreme Court's wife who is trying to overthrow America by lobbying elected officials, right, To, as she, as Ginny Thomas is known to have told Mark Meadows, that this, in her view, the win by Joe Biden, the greatest heist in history, and we have to stand strong and find a way to give Donald Trump what's rightfully his. Ginny Thomas's paraphrase words, not mine. And so this is the cult-like approach that Ginny Thomas had. No surprise, she was once in a cult. You can look it up um, and broke her way out of that cult. Um, uh, it was a mind control cult, we'll leave it at that. And she found another cult, the cult of MAGA and Donald Trump. And because, you know, everybody else attacked her husband when he was confirmed for the Senate because they said he was a sex abuser uh, and, and brought in all the testimony, you know, that made her very, very right-wing MAGA cuckoo crazy. Which, you know, when um, we didn't have the potential overthrow of America, that was just an interesting footnote to history. But when we almost toppled democracy at the hands of Donald Trump, this close, my fingers, for those who listen on audio, are very close together, then people like um, Ginny Thomas should not get a free pass, and investigators and prosecutors, state level at least, should be looking at her. We're looking at, at her on hot takes just like this one, only where? On the Midas Touch Network. You knew that. You're watching me here. You can watch whatever I do by free subscribing to the Midas Touch. It's about damn time. YouTube channel, slide over to playlists and you'll find all, all of my hot takes. There's about 270 of them in that in that library because I do them about every day, if not every hour, if if the need presents itself. Jenny Then we pull jail. all we pull together all the best stories at the intersection of U.S. law and politics, politically charged litigation matters, and we and we call it Legal AF on a podcast about an hour, hour and a half long on the Midas Touch Network on YouTube and every place Rico you get your audio podcast. influence and corrupt. Organization against. Yeah. Trump can't escape from prosecutors teaming up. Nah. Time's up, traitor, and ready to strike. Two hours ago.
Thanks for 212 But book Legal AF, there is coordination and cooperation between Fonnie Willis, Fulton County State District Attorney, and Jack Smith Federal uh, Special Counsel. Let me repeat it because it's so earth-shattering and so important to justice. They are staying in each other's lanes. They are working parallel, side by side. They are not uh, coloring outside of the lines of state versus federal, and they're doing it so elegantly but I want to talk about it here because it's really, really important. She's probably the only prosecutor out there right now that Jack Smith is making sure that he doesn't Bigfoot in his own way and let her do her job as the top enforcement official for Fulton County well, and ultimately for Georgia as he does his job and the team of prosecutors there. Once again, the takeaway from this hot take, only on the Midas Touch Network, we have coordination and cooperation between Fonnie Willis and Jack Smith. I'm going to break it down for you right here. Let's start with witnesses, data sharing, information sharing, and how we, how we can suspect, how we really know that there's that level of cooperation. Because she is the only prosecutor that Jack Smith is not trying to shut down in her investigation. She's going to indict Donald Trump, according to reporting on the ground in Fulton County as early as July 31st. I mean, she could get that indictment in the next 10 days. Maybe it goes an extra week. And we already know from reporting that that is gonna be a far-reaching <laughs> indictment based on Georgia's civil racketeering laws, which are supremely broad, to wrap elastically around nice. multiple defendants like Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, Mark Meadows, Sidney Powell, Jenna Ellis, you know, mentioning at least Lindsey Graham as an unindicted uh, co-conspirator, I would imagine. And then she's got computer hacking crimes we're going to talk about and other things related to the fake electors in her Rico own state, eight of which are already cooperating with her because she's given them immunity in exchange. Jack Smith, on the other hand, is looking at a more sprawling conspiracy in the seven battleground states um, that are out there that Donald Trump tried to influence to flip the vote and steal the election from Joe Biden. So he's looking at the seven battleground states, including Georgia at the top, Michigan, New Mexico, Nevada, Arizona, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. But he's really letting, because look, he's got the prerogative, he's got the bigger, the bigger button as a federal prosecutor. They normally go first in the, uh, in the uh, what I like to call the uh, air traffic controller. You know, federal criminal cases go before state criminal cases if they have overlapping subject matter and overlapping witnesses and data, and then civil cases, federal and, and state fall behind that. So he, however, is taking the lead in Michigan, New Mexico, Nevada, Arizona, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, but he's letting Fawny Willis do her thing in Georgia. Let me give you an example of the cooperation and coordination so far, and that has to do with the witnesses that have already been either interviewed and put under oath by Fonnie Willis and where Jack Smith is with those very same witnesses. Let's, let's start at the top in Georgia. Governor Kemp, Governor Kemp, who Donald Trump allegedly tried to put a lot of pressure on as part of his pressure campaign to flip those votes, flip those 11,780 votes that were Biden votes and somehow miraculously throw them out and uh, give Donald Trump the state. Kemp, after much kicking and screaming, because he really didn't want to do it, testified before Bonnie Willis's special purpose grand jury in November of 2022. 
That's how far, uh, that's, how, that's how long ago that took place. Uh, Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State for Georgia, he testified to the special purpose grand jury for Fawny Willis in June of last year. Rudy Giuliani, who just recently talked to, to Jack Smith, he testified before the special purpose grand jury, a jury for Fawny Willis in August of 2022, also uh, about a year ago. Fawny Willis also has eight fake electors given full immunity to testify against the others in that scheme. There were another seven or eight, including the head of the GOP party in Georgia, uh, David Schaefer. Now, let's flip over and see where Jack Smith is in it, because he's, quote unquote, behind. He's behind if you don't assume there's a level of cooperation. If you assume a level of cooperation, which after this hot take, I would like you to, then he's not behind at all. But Kemp testified for Fawny in November 2022. His interview, not even a grand jury testimony, is, is on the books with Jack Smith, but hasn't happened yet. Raffensperger, June 2022, in front of Fawny. His interview, not grand jury testimony, scheduled with Jack Smith that hasn't occurred yet. Rudy Giuliani, special purpose grand jury, Georgia, August 2022. He was interviewed a couple of weeks ago, twice, by um, uh, Jack Smith, given some limited immunity, hasn't testified before the grand jury. The fake electors have not, as far as we know, in Georgia, spoken to Jack Smith. Jack Smith is now getting around to talk to the Secretary of States in the other non-Georgia battleground states, again, abdicating a lane to Fonnie Willis, who's much further ahead. Remember, she had a, a, a nine-month head start because she impaneled a special purpose grand jury before Jack Smith was even appointed by Merrick Garland to be um, nine months ago. She had already had that impaneled. She was almost two-thirds of the way through it when he got his job. And she's able, as I've spoken about on other hot takes and on Legal AF on the Midas Touch Network, she's able to take everything from the special purpose grand jury, the 75 witness transcripts, all the documents, and walk it under her arm into the real regular grand jury that she's now in front of with her team, um, which started on Tuesday with 26 Fulton County residents. Um, that's a special quirk of Georgia grand jury procedure, and they are—they allow what's called hearsay, meaning they don't need to have the live witness come back and repeat themselves. Now, you've heard a little bit about Donald Trump trying to get the, you know, the supervising judge for the grand jury in Georgia disqualified and trying to get Fawny Willis disqualified. He tried it at the Georgia Supreme Court level, all Republicans. He lost 9-0. He's trying it again in Fulton County. It's going to get sent to another county because of this conflict of interest. Once you ask for the disqualification of one judge, you got to let another judge in another county hear it. He's going to lose that, too. So just focus on what's happening. Tomorrow, just like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of last week, starting the beginning of this coming week, the grand jury is back in session with Fawny Willis's team. As you know, I'm a trial lawyer, and when I'm not breaking down the latest legal filings the day for you on Legal AF, I'm jumping from courthouse to meeting to meeting, and it can be exhausting and, frankly, dehydrating. That's why I started using Liquid IV. Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America and is now available in a sugar-free option. With three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, 
plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone. And you can keep your daily routine exciting with three new flavors, white peach, green grape, and lemon lime. I love how Liquid IV makes me feel. After having Liquid IV, I feel ready to take on the day at full strength. Also, the packaging is super convenient and makes it super easy to carry with me for when I need it most. My favorite flavor is the white peach. It's robust and super satisfying, but you can't go wrong with green grape and lemon lime either. Just one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. There are no artificial help in the world. They partner with leading or liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50-plus countries and multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code LegalAF at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you use promo code LegalAF at liquidiv.com. Everything I've just described is far ahead of Jack Smith, and he's really not working to catch up in Georgia. He's catching up and getting ahead, of course, in places where she doesn't have jurisdiction, in Arizona, in Nevada, in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania. But you see how he's giving her her own lane to go after her criminal conspiracy with Donald Trump. This was Trump posted a couple hours ago. And that's a good thing for democracy. Because rather than just come in with a giant ego, for Jack Smith to say, well, I'm the United States of America, which is strike. how the government identifies itself in court. Um, I've seen them identify themselves in the security line on the way into a federal courthouse. We are the United States of America. He could pull that rank on Fawny Willis, but why? He obviously respects the work she's been doing. He obviously respects her methodical way to start with a special purpose grand jury, move on to a regular grand jury, fight off Donald Trump in multiple appeals and different motions along the way, and he likes what he sees. I mean, what we've seen in the reporting. Her flipping eight fake electors in Georgia and giving them immunity. Yeah, good job. That's probably hats off from uh, Jack Smith to her, you know, tip of the hat. Uh, That's a professional uh, respect between the two of them. I'm sure that if he needs a transcript, he can get it from her. Let me see your fake electors. Let me see the transcripts of your interview notes. Let me see what the special purpose grand jury, um, in terms of the witnesses, how that developed. And then then he can make the decision right now. That level of cooperation between the two of them, which is manifest, you can see it. You can see it because Jack Smith is focused on every state but Georgia. And that's a good Just as Jack Smith isn't going after and trying to throw Alvin Bragg's Manhattan DA case out in New York, and that case is going to trial before Jack Smith's cases go to trial, because that case is going to trial in March, March 25 of 2024, in New York. And Jack Smith didn't call up Alvin Bragg, as far as we know, and say, you know what, that doesn't work for the federal government, the United States of America. Can you, you, know, can you continue that case? He's not going to do that either. He has, Jack Smith, there's an art to what he's doing. You know, everything from the trolling of Donald Trump by putting the Subway sandwich literally under his under his arm, just going to work, lunch pail, Jack, you know, <laughs> just chopping wood every day, not being sucked into the to the attacks of, of his character, professionalism, family, drug use, all this crazy, you know, whether he's Jewish or not, all this crazy stuff 
you know, all the sand in the gears of democracy and justice that Donald Trump is trying to throw at Jack Smith, he completely ignores it, as do every other prosecutor on his team, as do the FBI, as do every investigator. That's why when the only thing you hear about Jack Smith's prosecution is what Jack Smith wants you to hear. This is leak-proof unless he strategically leaks because he wants to put pressure on witnesses or on Donald Trump himself at any given moment, right? That's why right before the Tuesday hearing last week in Mar-a-Lago before a judge, he wasn't so, you know, isn't so trustworthy. He sent Donald Trump a target letter uh, well in advance of what will be the indictment in the, in the upcoming week or so. But he did it as a shot across the bow to everybody, including that federal judge, which is you're not the only federal judge that's going to have a criminal defendant named Donald Trump in front of you. There's going to be another one in the District of Columbia, and there may be another one in New Jersey. We'll follow that as well. But as to the playing nice in the sandbox, you can't play any nicer in the sandbox than what we're observing with Jack Smith and Fawny Willis. I just listed for you all the witnesses that Fawny already has under her belt. You know, her notches on her gun and the ones that Jack Smith is just sort of, you know, coming in behind. Let's do a couple of Let's talk to the governor. Let's talk to the secretary of state. I know you got this, Fawny, but let me just do a couple of mine just, just to hold up my end of the bargain. And then we will see because we're going to have a new district of Columbia, not South Florida. We're going to have a new district of Columbia, not South Florida. July, beginning of August, could be the 31st of July, indictment of Donald Trump and others. And even if Rudy Giuliani, for example, got limited immunity in the federal case, he didn't get limited immunity from Fawny Willis where it matters. She could still indict him. Now, that's where the level of cooperation could keep could kick in. It would be Jack Smith calling Fawny Willis and saying, look, I'm still working Rudy Giuliani in my case. We gave him limited immunity. We're not so sure that he's that he's telling us all the truth yet. And we're threatening him with a superseding or amended indictment for things related to Jan 6. But we're not going to put him in our first indictment. I would appreciate it as a professional courtesy as the United States of America if you didn't indict Rudy Giuliani in your first indictment. That conversation could likely be going on. And that is that level of, co of uh, communication and interaction and respect that we expect from Jack Smith and from Fawny Willis that I believe is, is likely going on. We'll know more when we can line up side by side the Fawny Willis Fulton County indictment claims, facts, and, and uh, indicted and unindicted co-conspirators with Trump at the center, and we compare it to what Jack Smith does. If we know Jack Smith, which we are learning rapidly about in the last nine months, is that he's going to be the first prosecutor in history ever to indict a former president, not once but twice, could be three times, and he starts small and he ends big. Mar-a-Lago is Donald Trump and Walt Nauta on, 30, on 37 counts. The Fawny Willis Smith. indictment is going to be more sprawling with more people. The indictment from Jack Smith that's coming out is going to be Donald Trump and some other people, but not all the people, because he's going to try to continue to squeeze certain witnesses and give them target letters or not, because he can indict without a target letter and try to turn the screws on Donald Trump. And the way you do that as a prosecutor is you say, listen, uh, you saw the indictment that we just filed this week or just got returned from the grand jury. 
that had your name on it until a day ago. We removed it for now. If you would like your name on the superseding indictment that we're going to be going for in the next two months, keep playing the way you're playing. Otherwise, work out a deal with us for immunity, flip on Donald Trump, and then we'll keep you out of the indictment. That is a level of conversation that I am sure is going on between the prosecutor and the defense attorneys, especially for witnesses that are still tracking their feet. I'll keep following it on hot takes just like this one only on the Midas Touch Network. But you knew that because you're watching me here. <laughs> you can follow me, Michael Popak, on all things social media, including threads, at MS Popak. And then on Wednesdays and Saturdays, we pull all this together. We curate the best stories at the intersection of U.S. law and politics. We call the show Great Le job, Fannie Willis. Great job. Bonnie Willis. Um. Doing a great job, darling. I'll give you a word. My own. Um, surprise, Trump for prison. Prison. Hashtag black excellence. Let's see from Texas. Hey, hey, stop it. Stop it! <coughs> Where's the conio, el conio? Trump legal filing just backfired in his face. Best way to burn fat and, and get shape. It's not keto, paleo, fasting, or vegan, and it's not super intense um, workouts. Michael Popak, Legal AF, once again, Donald Trump suing somebody has backfired on him in a big way and has implications for all of his criminal prosecutions. What am I talking about on this hot take? He sued Michael Cohen, his former okay. fixer and lawyer down in Florida in April in a federal court as a retaliation for Michael Cohen having cooperated with the Manhattan DA's office in the Stormy Daniels, a business record fraud case brought against um, Donald Trump in March. By April, Donald Trump said, time for payback, time for retribution. So he filed the case against Michael Cohen on, and this is my view, 32 years of doing this, practicing law, on a really ridiculous set of claims about breaching fiduciary duty as a former attorney, a breach of contract for an indefinite contract nobody can figure out. 
um, that's either going to get dismissed by the federal judge at some point in the case, because I doubt this is going to see the light of day, of trial. And it wasn't filed for that reason. It was filed to try to silence Michael Cohen and his witness intimidation. But it's going to backfire, because one of the things that came out of a hearing just this past week is that there are text messages between Stormy Daniels, the porn star, and Donald Trump, which Donald Trump has saved and will have to produce to Michael Cohen during the course of this case. And of course, Donald Trump doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want those text messages to come out. And I got a newsflash for Donald Trump. I'll tell you how this how this ends. If you file against somebody in a civil case and you're the plaintiff, it's very difficult for you to stop embarrassing text messages between you and your porn star lover to come out in the public domain. Because we have the right as the public, we sit at the table of a trial, whether it's criminal or civil. The public has a, is a stakeholder because we don't do secret trials in this country. I mean, we don't do them, you know, if you want secret trial, and go, go do an arbitration behind closed doors where reporters and jurors and the public have no right to be. But if you're in federal court, federal court is like open door policy, right? Everything's on the electronic docket for everyone to see. You can try to mark something confidential. You can try to seal it, literally seal it from prying eyes on the docket. But there are very strict standards for what gets sealed and what doesn't get sealed. Let me give you an example. If you're Coca-Cola, the secret formula for Coke can probably get sealed so the public doesn't get to see it and competitors don't. But if you're a former president that slept outside your marriage, your text message with your former porn star lover is probably not one of those super secret things that is going to be covered by a protective order or a motion to seal. The best the lawyer for Donald Trump, who seems like a very fine chap down in Miami, I never heard of him, even though I practiced down there for 20 years, um, who practices apparently based on his website, franchise litigation, speaking of McDonald's and Coca-Cola, if you have a franchise dispute, sounds like he's your man. If you've got a complicated case involving Donald Trump and Michael Cohen, maybe not so much, but we'll see. So, you know, the jury's still out down in Florida. But his argument, the lawyer for Donald Trump's argument, and I'm going to present it straight here, okay, because I don't blow smoke or sunshine on these options, is these are very highly sensitive uh, documents and information that are not for public consumption. Well, newsflash, there's no such thing as the public, not for public consumption doctrine in federal practice, and that's not going to fly. So if that's your best argument, and I assume it is because you led with it in the courtroom, you usually lead with your best argument, um, then you're going to lose. Uh, the one area where the magistrate judge, this was a hearing about discovery, discovery in federal courts are handled and adjudicated by magistrate judges who sit under the federal judge. We've heard a lot about magistrate judges in the criminal process in federal court down in Florida and other places because they also handle things like search warrants and subpoenas and arraignments. That's why we saw all of Donald Trump and Walt Nauta being arraigned. In fact, Walt Nauta was arraigned in front of this very magistrate, uh, Chief Magistrate uh, Judge Edwin Torres, that I'm going to talk about. But when they're not doing criminal cases, and they're not, the magistrate judges aren't handling, you know, things related to preparing the case for a trial, 
they handle civil cases. And in civil cases, like commercial disputes between people, breach of contract and breach of fiduciary duty and what we call business injury cases, tort, business tort, T-O-R-T cases, then they also manage discovery and the exchange of information in a federal court practice. Some documents have to be automatically produced under the federal court rules. They just do. The federal rules of civil procedure say, you got to take a batch of documents that you have at the beginning of your case and the other side's got to do the same thing and you got to exchange that. You got to tell them who your witnesses are right at the very beginning. Same thing for the other side. And then you can conduct formal discovery, which is back and forth, requests to produce, documents back and forth, interrogatories, which are questions under oath, and then you can get to depositions. And you can do that under the auspices of the federal magistrate. This hearing was because Donald Trump wants a protective order over everything. He wants like the entire case sealed so that, you know, I can't do hot takes. So that's why it's such network and other networks can't follow and the public can't learn what's going on in this ridiculous lack of merit lawsuit he brought against Michael Cohen. And Edwin Torres, who's a very fine magistrate who I've been in front of down in Florida, said, you know what, on the attorney-client privilege stuff, until I figure out whether privilege was blown here by Donald Trump, by the, let's, oh, I don't know, the crime fraud exception that strips away attorney-client privilege from somebody if you also commit a crime with your lawyer, uh, which is probably in play here with Michael Cohen, who went to jail for doing some things uh, that were uh, not lawful involving Donald Trump. Um, so Edwin Torres said, you know what, on the attorney-client stuff, I can see the argument there. We'll probably try to put some sort of seal or confidentiality on that. But the rest of it, the text messages with Stormy Daniels, he didn't say it with eye-popping approach the way I just did, but I'm, I'm giving my artist rendering. Uh, those, uh, you're going to have to do better than that. And the burden is on Donald Trump's side to tell me why, under the federal rules, this has to be sealed or confidential. That's not coming. Cutting down trees to make toilet paper. It's true. Humans are cutting down tens of thousands every day just to supply the American need for toilet paper. And the worst part is that when we use trees for toilet paper, it's just one piece of done. It's something to help the earth. In fact, it feels like an upgrade. It's always shipped free to my door in plastic-free packaging, and I can schedule it on a subscription so that it comes exactly when I need it. And I never have to worry about freaking. Aujourd'hui, je vais vous dévoiler le montage fiscal ultime, celui qui vous fera économiser des milliers d'euros rapidement. Sans ce montage fiscal, voilà ce qui Let's make a change for good this year and switch to real paper. Real is paper for the planet. So here's a perfect example, once again, of Donald Trump. Oh, Her prior special Fulton County prosecutor, Fonnie Willis, disqualified and get fourth example that we've seen in the last 10 days. He filed a motion, a petition in Georgia, Donald Trump, to try to get the Georgia Fulton County prosecutor, Fonnie Willis, disqualified and get all of her prior special purpose grand jury work thrown out. And all it did is have the Republican 9-0 Georgia Supreme Court dismiss the petition and tell him that he didn't have any merit to it. He then files a motion for new trial in the same week in federal court in New York 
because he wants to get a new trial in the E. Jean Carroll sexual battery and defamation case where he lost for $5 million on a 9-0 vote by a jury, six men and three women. He didn't like that result. And that just gave the judge 50 pages, 5-0, of laying out all of the evidence for him and the public of all the evidence against Donald Trump and why what he did to E. Jean Carroll in no uncertain terms was rape and nothing else and nothing less. And so he lost that. On the same day, he files, or on the same week, he gets an order from another federal judge who where he tried to take the same New York State Supreme Court case, which is a trial-level court in New York, on the Stormy Daniels criminal case, which is going to trial March 25. He didn't like the judge, Judge Mershon, because, I don't know, he gave $15 to Joe Biden, his daughter, works for some Democratic uh, marketing PR firm, and, uh, and Mershon was the judge that oversaw the felony conviction of Donald Trump's uh, two businesses for 17 counts of tax fraud last summer. I'm sorry. So I get he doesn't like the judge. So he tries to get the case away from him and like just over to federal court, like crossing the Rubicon from state to federal court. But he didn't have the grounds to do that because there was very narrow ability for a for a, a former president or anybody to take a case from state to federal court. He didn't meet the criteria. But it just gave the judge 20 pages to lay out all of the evidence against Donald Trump in the criminal case that hasn't even gone to trial yet. So this is a gr it's great for the public because we get to see all the evidence and judges, federal judges and other judges, basically telling Donald Trump that he's going to lose. And here is why. And here is all the evidence arrayed against you. Same thing now down with, in the same like two week period, he loses again and he's going to have to reveal ultimately the Stormy Daniel text messages that are going to come flying out into the public and they're going to be attached to filings by Michael Cohen if Michael Cohen doesn't win the motion to dismiss and have the case kicked. Because, you know, just to walk through that the motion to dismiss is fully brief for Michael Cohen. The judge then has a hearing, usually. The hearing after that, he'll then rule, although he can just do it on the papers. And sometime, you know, the next three to six months, we're going to get a ruling. If he rules for Michael Cohen, he'll probably give uh, Donald Trump the ability to replete, try one more time on some of these counts. Uh, or, and he might dismiss other counts with prejudice, meaning he can't try again. So we're going to be in pleading world, trying and retrying for the next six months in the Cohen case. So there's going to be discovery in the meantime. They're going to do depositions while these motions are pending. This doesn't stop the exchange of information or depositions. And that's why this hearing that I'm reporting on before Judge uh, Torres, in which it, you know the lawyer for Trump was forced to reveal the existence of text messages between Donald Trump and Stormy Daniels. I guess he's not going to be able to, to deny he had a relationship with her, not if he's got her on his text chain. Uh, you know, happened in open court. I'm going to follow the developments in Trump v. Cohen and what happens with Michael Cohen right back at him. Only here on the Midas Touch Network. You can follow me, Michael Popak, on all things social media at MS Popak, including threads. We pull all these, you know, hot takes together and you can watch them in a playlist that's that's for me. Michael Popak, you slide over on the uh, Midas Touch YouTube channel, slide over to playlist, move down to Michael Popak. You'll see my whole library that you can catch up on on hot takes. Then we pull this together and curate a long format podcast that we show on Wednesdays and Saturdays only on, you guessed it, the Midas Touch Network. You knew that. You're watching me here. And that is called Legal AF. 
and you can watch that on YouTube, free subscribe. Can you... The Midas Network, Midas Network, Midas Network, Midas. Smile, uh, my... $212K now, thank you. Thanks. Politics, 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 go. We like politics, 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 girl. Or you can get it anywhere you get your podcast. Also free subscription. Everything's free, right? The defense of democracy, watering the tree of democracy and liberty, it's free. Just participate in it the way you're doing right now on watching hot takes just like this one. If you like what I'm doing, put a thumbs up. I'm Michael Popak, Legal AF reporting. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report. Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you Michael waiting for? Popak. Follow us now. One in seven children does not have enough food to lead a healthy and active life. Okay, but so I, um, let's see if I can say it. I said, thanks for your service, Lord Michael. By the way, I've covered several hours of your Michael Popak playlist on my podcast. Can you please ask the brothers if I can join the Midas Network? My podcast, Politics AF, has 212K now. Thanks. Politics, girl. I like my version of it. It sounds nice and punk. Um, yeah, that's what I... Yeah, this is awesome. Old diaper Donald has to turn over.
had just given birth. We're at home taking care of his kids. His newborns. Okay, you know what I'm gonna attack uh, New York Post on this. I can turn that into. I mean, that's pretty fucking disgusting. New York Post. How about the fucking tabloids? Um, Daily Mirror. Which he sued. You know, there was somebody on TikTok saying that Diaper Donald fulfilled all 24 of the predictions. I said, he's the Antichrist and you worship Satan. You worship the devil. You worship the devil. And they muted me. <laughs> while <clears throat> okay so it says this is awesome haha -ha, old diaper donald this is awesome, haha. Ha. Old Diaper Donald has to turn over text messages between him and Stormy Daniels for his case in which he sued Michael Cohen for $500 million. Diaper Donald fucked around and found out. Yes, he guess he can't say anymore that he never had an affair while his wives, plural, were at home taking care of his kid. Treasonous sleaze bag indeed. He called somebody treasonous sleaze bag. That's a perfect description for himself. While his wife guess he can't. Yeah, it's the thing about the censors. They try to... They try to change the word... Change the word so they don't make sense. Therefore, you can't get your message across. There you go. There you go, mates. Old Diaper Donald fucked around and found out. LOL. Popcorn. Popcorn. Okay. 
And then I'm gonna put myself on a beach. So I can be at beach. Search for the beach. Huntington Beach, California, okay. Old diaper Donald fucked around and found out when he sued Michael Cohen for 500 million. Now he has to turn over all kinds of great stuff. His text messages with Stormy Daniels, for example. LOL. New York Post. They should do a real story on this. Um, what is that page for? Uh, the one in England. What's that called? British tabloids. You know, page three, gals. Let's see. Was it the Daily Mirror? I don't know. Uh, Inquirer. <laughs> That's funny. It's high Inquirer. That'd be fun if his friends had to publish juicy articles about him now. New Democratic star finally unleashes on Ron DeSantis. That sounds good. Three hours ago. Brian Tyler Cohen. You know, Cohen means king. And we've got the first Gen Z member of Congress, Maxwell Alejandro Frost. Thanks so much for taking the time. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Nice. So let's start in your home state of Florida. Ron DeSantis' Department of Education will now teach students that some black people benefited from slavery because ah. it taught them useful skills. Now, as a Floridian, as Freaking a former cotton. public school student, and as a person of color, what's your reaction to this move? I mean, it, it, it really showcases what we've been trying to say for years here in the state of Florida. Or this governor and his entire apparatus not only do they want to erase history and specifically black history which is american history but they want to rewrite it and they want to write it in a way that almost kind of gives a pass and praise to white supremacy because they want to change the way future generations think about the world and think about what white supremacy is because it is so important to their far right-wing fascist movement and that is what's going on here in the state of florida there they saw that last year in the midterms gen z over 70 percent of us vote democrats because we want action on the climate crisis gun violence and water rights to protect it the right wing they're wise up to it and now they're they want to change schooling so they can change the generation but i think little do they know and that they'll come to find out um it's not doing anything to help them it's actually just pissing young people off that's the thing like if this is a if this is a 15-year strategy uh isn't that gonna isn't that gonna redound like to their to their disadvantage in the 15 years until that actually bears itself out like people are in school right now they can recognize what's happening people in your generation people who are students in high school right now they all know the truth and so isn't this just pissing them off more than it's more than it's going to help them 15 years down the line when this actually bears itself out 110 percent you know like one of the things that the republican party has done a good job of is creating long-term plans and waiting and seeing them out to fruition, right? We saw it happen with abortion rights. We saw it happen with the state legislatures. And I think as Democrats, we have something to learn there on long-term planning. However, when it comes down to young voters, 
um, they will use that plan, right? Well, let's make a long-term plan to change young people in this country. But what they don't understand is we're, we're, we're pretty impatient as a generation, <laughs> for better or for worse, right? Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not, it's not good. But um, I think part of what that creates is a situation where we're going to want to see a lot of change in a small amount of time, which I agree with. We need transformational change in this country. However, as they begin to implement this long-term plan to change the way an entire generation thinks by changing their schooling, I think it's really going to backfire because they've never dealt with Gen Z before, right, in this way. And I think they're going to really find out. And, the, and it's not just Gen Z. It's young millennials. Um, it's the future generations coming after Gen Z. More and more, these younger uh, generations are becoming more and more progressive, and they're staying progressive throughout their life. Um, and I think it's really going to change politics in this country. We as Democrats have to to ensure that we're ready for it you know the strength of a movement isn't when it's in tv or when everyone cares it's when no one cares when it's talking about it what are you doing on the ground and that's how you build so when you have these peak moments and sometimes the peak moments are unfortunate moments right you have things like shootings that happen that bring people to a movement you have the trauma happens that bring to people who brings people into a movement but then also you have hope and when those things are there um what are we going to do to give young people a political home? We can't take it for granted. Ron DeSantis has also floated the idea of suing Bud Light. Um, I'm not exactly sure why, but the general rule of thumb with DeSantis is something, something too woke. Uh, is that what's finally going to save his flailing presidential campaign, do you think? You know, I don't know what it's, what's going to save. It looks like he's had about, I think it's three or four, uh, you know, new starts or reboots to the campaign. So, I mean, maybe when we're on the eighth reboot, we'll be suing, uh, you know, some other company. And here's the thing. I don't have problems with our leaders going after corporations for the right reasons, right? But these aren't the right reasons. He's going after people because they're showing solidarity with a protected class or queer community or LGBTQ plus community, which is horrible in and of itself. But I want to take a step back. It's not just, oh, I disagree with him because he's a Republican. He's an authoritarian figure abusing his power to subvert democracy, to consolidate power. There's a word for that. It's fascism. I'm glad more people are talking about it because it's important. I'm not trying to fear monger. It's not hyperbole. I'm just trying to define. It's scary. It is scary. And look, even though things look grim for DeSantis right now in this race, he'll be back, right? And, it's, and maybe it won't be him. Maybe it's a different iteration of Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis. And so we have to pay clo- close attention to this and not be scared to run away, but amp up our organizing to fight against it. But whether it's Bud Light or Disney or whatever's next, you know, I think what DeSantis and what the right wing, what they benefit from and they've done this forever, creating a situation that doesn't exist, crowning themselves the protagonist or the hero in the story, and then telling their voters, give me more power and I'll deal with it. It used to be gay marriage. Now it's like taboo to kind of speak against that because we've evolved as, as a country. So now they're, you know, they wanted to find other ways to get to it. Now it's trans people and bathrooms and trans existence in general. So they're bringing up this issue that really no one talks about as far as bathrooms are concerned. And he's saying, yeah, yeah, let me deal with this horrible issue. Your kids are at risk. And if you give me the power, I'll do it. Then we see he's doing a lot more with the power than handling the issues that he's created.
Yeah, these Republicans always need to find boogeymen. They've done it for generations, yeah. and they will continue doing it right now. Um, exactly. I'll move over to uh, to the issue of climate change. AAA and farmers um, have pulled out of Florida and won't offer coverage in the state. That's how dire the climate situation has become. Is there any acknowledgement from your Republican colleagues that pretending climate change wasn't real was a terrible move? Because massive insurance companies don't make decisions to pander. They're not being activists. They're just doing it because it's no longer profitable. They only think in dollars and cents. They don't care about the politics. They care about the money. 110%. 110%. I haven't seen any, uh, you know, changing of the Republican Party. And when I say Republican Party, I'm talking about the leaders on the climate crisis. They're going to continue to find ways to not admit fault, right? That's like the first thing. They can never admit fault uh, because it really hits their credibility. And so they'll find other ways to talk about these issues that are going on. And you're 100% right. It's interesting. You know, corporations have really been and are some of the worst actors as far as the climate crisis is concerned. But at the end of the day, they're they're protecting the bottom line. And if it looks like because of the climate crisis that it doesn't make sense to insure people in a state because they're making less money, they're going to leave and they won't you know care about the people left behind. And unfortunately, we have leaders who won't connect those dots, right? He's not going to connect those dots. He called them woke. He told the uh, people of our state, you know, because there were questions, what are we going to do? Hurricane season's coming up. We just had Hurricane Ian last year that decimated like two cities. So what's the plan? And you know what he said? He said, knock on wood, there isn't a hurricane. And then he called the companies woke and he moved on uh, because he's running for president. And that's the leadership we have in the state. And again, it's not, this isn't about, oh, I don't like him because he's a Republican. I mean, we can have that conversation too, but it's about, he's not 